so I give this example very often. Marketing is like a dance floor and culture is the music beat. Any marketer out there will actually trip over their own two feet if they don't understand their consumers, culture and what really makes them tick. So lucky for you, my podcast is here to show you the groovy ways consumers can think and behave along with sharing some mind-blowing insights that can build incredible things. Join me in my podcast, Marketing Hat, where I'm going to deep dive into real-life case studies discussing stories and trends. I'm Justine Kaur, and with my extensive leadership experience and brand strategy for global giants like United Colors of Peneton, Canon, Hugo Boss, H.Y. Hamleys, and Mothercare, I somewhat guarantee you an unforgettable marketing jam session. Let's start the episode. Hi there. So as you know, I'm very actively interacting with students, taking lectures, attending webinars, and giving out presentations to industry folks and consulting a few brands. I want to share an experience uh, that happened with me, I think, a couple of weeks back now. I was giving out a lecture to a couple of students, and at the fag end of my presentation, a student really asked me this very interesting question. He said, could you tell me which is that one brand that has effortlessly shattered geographical boundaries and, you know, see an entire generation or TG is obsessed with that brand? And it just took me a couple of seconds to answer him. And you might agree and disagree with my answer, but that's, it's, a, it's a very interesting one. Just deal with me. Because it's not outright a brand, right? And my answer to him was key entertainment. Of course. I mean, how can you not say that it is a brand that has gotten so much impact and there is literally a generation that is obsessed with it. It has broken barriers, captivated the entire world with its catchy rhythms, stylish aesthetics, and cultural fusion. And therefore, I thought, why not actually dissect key entertainment uh, for all of you listening out here? Understand how is it that they have gotten this far? And um, what are really the interesting learnings that we can uh, take from this entire brand strategy that's been behind fueling key entertainment? Now, now, first, let me tell you, when we talk about key entertainment, it's a terminology that covers music, Shows, which is also the OTT content, and movies. Yeah, so typically these three things, movies, shows, and music, yeah. And let me actually begin with the statistic first. This is a stat that comes from 2022, and they surveyed about 26 countries, and they revealed approximately 46% of respondents, they considered K-pop to be very popular, like quote-unquote very popular in their country. And the popularity really reached a point where K-pop was recognized by general public. Now, this survey highlights the fact that a the appeal of k-pop has reached far beyond the borders of south korea it's it's captivating audiences from various backgrounds so this gets me to one interesting insight that i can share with you and which is specifically for k-pop artists i had the pleasure of meeting someone who belongs to the industry and this person revealed to me that the k-pop industry is very very serious about nurturing and molding young talent so before they debut any artist, they ensure the artist is receiving extensive training in music and dance, and there are rigorous preparations. So the moment they are in front of people, in front of public on the stage, it just sets the K-pop artist apart because they're so prepared to 
see the limelight and they're so prepared to be on the stage. That to me is literally like the best example of putting your best foot forward, unlike a lot of other communities where you actually are able to also see the evolution of the artist on stage. But if you now observe, you would see that the artists who come on the stage are already so amazing. You know, it's it's very rare that you would see an evolution of a Korean artist. So that's, that's really one very interesting point. The second point that I would dissect for everyone is, so there's actually this terminology that's called Hanryu. It's, it's spelled as H-A-L-L-Y-U, which is basically the explosion of Korean culture. It's it's basically how Korean culture has been exported out to the world. And um, there is a sort of geopolitical angle to it as well. See, because Korea is sandwiched between China and Japan, right? So when you really think about the soft power of a nation, always remember that culture is every nation's soft power. You know, through the cultural export that they do, they can influence a lot of things. And, and you know, it is not something that's very new. After 1997 financial crisis, K-pop or rather K-entertainment has been on a rise. It's almost like a revenge story because uh, there was a tussle between Japan and Korea. And there was a point where Korea did not really want to consume Japanese entertainment. And they said that, you know, they basically want their own entertainment industry to grow and there was any which way a blazing fast internet in the country that time. So yeah, that's that's the background of uh, key entertainment. And also, very interestingly, you know, just, just, just Google this firm up. It's called SM Entertainment. Now, this is a very unique uh, feature that Korean entertainment has, which has fueled the impact of Korean culture, is that these are all vertical media houses. You know, in vertical media houses in the sense, I hope you get it, like, you know, vertical media house would really mean that they've got departments for TV, they've got departments for drama, they've got departments for PR, album, app, concert, everything into like one giant media house. That enables them to collaborate, you know, and create multidimensional content. So, you know, the moment you hear about integrated marketing, 360 marketing, listen, that's all very, very real because some of the best content is created when you are doing a multidimensional content. So yeah, that is that is another reason why, you know, you just suddenly would see Korean or faces or K-pop artists or even the Korean show artists just like everywhere. Listen, you can't deny the fact that um, Korea is renowned for being fashion forward you know their culture is very very progressive in that sense and I feel like key entertainment has embraced that wholeheartedly you know the visual aesthetics that they have oh my god this the styling they do the creative and the captivating props they use everything is completely on point and it's visually such a delight for a customer to see that um, e it makes you feel like it's on trend but then it also makes you feel like it's so much their own culture, you know. They, they, they are embracing their culture of being so progressive. It's a treat for eyes, of course, yes. And, you know, very interestingly, see now, now this is where a very captivating concept comes in. It's not just K-pop if I talk about it. It's not just music genre. So what they do is they make the videos so much visually compelling and so much of an eye treat for you 
that it starts appealing to the fashion enthusiast as well. So what are you doing? You're really creating that content that's appealing to two very interesting groups, target groups with a lot of commonality like music and fashion. And, and you've created a fusion of that. And then you become a leader in that category because you're not just giving music, you're not just giving fashion, giving the like best of both the worlds. That's a very interesting point to be at. And you know, that's really where I consult a lot of brands and I see that try to become a mixture, like not a heterogeneous mixture, but take like two very interesting appeal in your TG groups and fuse them because then you're going to set your identity apart. You're going to look a little bit different and you're not then just appeasing or appealing to one set of audience. You know, it's, it's still two or three different sets of audience that is that is consuming you. And um, I have to say it in the same breath that key entertainment also uses very interestingly both emerging media and traditional culture. Like, you know, when you look at the content that they create, you would realize that they've incorporated diverse musical elements and genres. So, you know, the artists collaborate and experiment with, with wide range of styles and they draw their inspiration from both Korean music and international trends. See, again, you're giving something so unique to a customer. So this fusion creates such a unique sound that it appeals to the global audience. And at the same time, you showcase the rich cultural heritage of Korea. So why would it not resonate with people, right? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why would it not resonate? To top it all, I can't say that social media was exclusive to K-pop or exclusive to K-entertainment. Social media was for everyone. But they have certainly used it in a way that's been different than the rest of the guys in the industries. For me, I think the topmost thing that would come as a unique feature for key entertainment has been the way they connect with their fans from all over the world. So for them, interactions on platforms are the number one thing. Imagine you're investing your time in creating that loyal fan base, talking to them, addressing their questions, maybe interesting personal questions or taking their feedback. And that ends up giving you a very cultivated, strong, dedicated fan communities, uh, which also allows you to then expand your global reach and influence. And you know what? I, I think right now a lot of people are just contained to Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest and all of that stuff. But I know for a fact that um, Korean entertainment is also very savvy with uh, platforms like Bubble, Weavers, Fab. Very, very innovative. Again, very progressive in their approach to uh, social media. So never, never really forget social media in your mix. All of this is, you know, how they've been using the marketing channels. But I'll tell you another um, data point that is going to surprise you. And uh, that data point is the percentage of women writers. Now, I'll tell you, if you've been watching K-drama or K-shows, and uh, while I was doing my research and talking to a lot of people about it, they said, they, you know, there's something very uh, soft, very innocent about the storylines. Like, you know, they're a little slow and they really appeal you in a very different way. And uh, that urged me to check more on how is it, like what is their storytelling technique like? And uh, I realized that it's, it's, it's an astonishing that the Korean market has 90% of women writers. Whereas if I have to give you a comparison, country like India will only have about 10 to 12% women writers. So see, this, this fact that you've had a woman writer writing the plot and story for you 
adds uh, a unique dimension to your storytelling, adds perspective, adds that diverse set of thoughts that are very unique to maybe a woman mind. But that to me is a very interesting uh, data point, definitely. Apart from this, you know, if you are really studying about uh, key entertainment, you would definitely know about this, that BTS actually has a given Korean economy about 3.5 billion US dollar contribution, which is pretty huge. So, and I also remember in Korea, I think there is a very interesting phrase which translates to like, um, come for pretty faces and stay for the storytelling. So do you, do you understand where they're coming from? Like, you know, they, they have different hooks for you at every point in your journey. So you would definitely have that. You'd get trapped with the visual appeal because that is so lucrative. But you do get substance, like you do get a great story, right? You know, those are the few ideas which can help you frame your own strategies if you're working on a certain kind of brand. Because sometimes, listen, it's just a perspective or a thought. Like it, it's just a thought that should come in your mind. Oh, you're a woman, right? Agreed. That's getting a new angle. That's getting a new perspective. So yes, uh, these were some very quick points on key entertainment in case you feel there is any point that I have not covered. And uh, you feel that's a very strong point when we're talking about key entertainment uh, marketing strategy. Please comment it and stay tuned for the next episode where, where we are again going to discuss something which is as real as this topic. And um, yeah, something more about culture and story. Thank you so much for staying with me. Bye.